Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Bring your Bibles with you today. Kids, did you bring your Bibles with you today? Come on, it's Bible Drill Sunday. We're going to have some fun. We like to do a Bible drill for the kids, and uh, they're growing and they're learning. This is about investing in them. So kids, I'm going to give us two opportunities, okay? So the first one who finds this one, I want you to stand up, and then you're going to come up here to the front with Miss Krista, and then at the appropriate time, I'll tell you when, and you're going to read your verse, okay? Parents, if you want to help your kids, that's totally, totally okay. So the first verse is 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15, 1 John, not the Gospel of John, 1 John, chapter 2, verse 15. The first kid who finds it, come on, come on, you got it, come on up here, buddy. 1 John 2, 15, just come on up here and stand by Miss Krista, and she's going to help you read it in a moment, okay? Come on, give him a hand. Man, that's fast. That is fast. That was fast. Okay, the next one, the next one, you ready? The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 19. The Gospel of John. So that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The first one, come on, the first one who finds it, stand up, kids. The first one who finds it, John 15, 19. John 15, 19. Who's got it? Stand up. Who's got it? Stand up. John 15, 19. John, chapter 15, verse 19. Marla's got it. Come on up here, Marla. You got it? Come on up here. Give her a hand. Give her a hand. Okay, in a moment. Let's go ladies first. Let's have Marla read hers first. Show her. It's John 15, 19. Nice and loud in the microphone. Does she have the mic? Yes, but okay. she doesn't have the right Bible first. Oh, okay. We'll give her a little bit of grace. That's okay. I kind of have trouble like that sometimes, too. Parents, anybody have trouble finding them sometimes? Go ahead. She's going to read it. Pay up. Pay attention. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. That's the right one. So the point of that verse, church, is that Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's reminding them that they're not part of this world. That their real connection and real identity and citizenship is from heaven. Amen. Isn't that a good truth for us to know? All right, Marla, thank you so much. You did a really great job, sweetheart. We're so proud of you. Okay, who's got the next one? Colton, 1 John 2.15. Okay. So Jesus. Do your best. So Jesus made a whip out of ropes. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. 1 John. 1 John. We're not in 1 John. 
We're not, we're not, we're not making any whips this morning. First John 2.15. That one's kind of tricky. It's not the gospel of John. It's way in the back. First John. That's okay. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best. Mm-hmm. Do not love say it with me, the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Okay, come on, give him a hand. He tried his best. That's good. Here, 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 here. Kids, pick a toy. Pick a toy. Which one do you want? This one's painting. Pie face. Grab it. Go ahead. You get the painting. You get the pie face. Thank you, kids. We want to do everything we can to encourage and to strengthen these kids to step out in faith in getting familiar with their Bibles. Isn't that true? So we really, really appreciate that. Okay, adults, did you bring your Bibles with you? Come on, let's take our Bibles. Let's check the Bible attendance in the house. Let's hold them up or your app on your phone. Remember, we also got these study guides in the back, the study guides for this series. You're welcome to get one of those. But let's go ahead, those of you who feel comfortable, let's say this like we say it every Sunday, nice and loud. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's Word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word, reveal Jesus to me, and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Living an empowered life. Would you say it with me, church? Living an empowered life. And the subtitle is Understanding the Importance of the Person and the Power of the Holy Spirit in Your Life. Someone once said, living the Christian life isn't hard. It's impossible without the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is our fourth week in this series And we get the title of the series from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So Jesus was saying, listen, before you go preaching and teaching and sharing my love and my grace with people, you need some power beyond your own natural ability. So the Holy Spirit is going to be sent. He's going to come upon you and separate and distinct, but part of your salvation in Christ, he's going to give you this power for living the Christian life and demonstrating Christ through your Life. This word empower, just so we're on the same page, it simply means to make strong or strengthened, to fill with power, strength, and ability. So this is beyond your natural ability. This is an ability that God gives his people that follow Jesus. So we're taking time to take a fresh look at the scriptures. Why? To challenge our ideas and approaches about the Holy Spirit 
so that we can learn to live from His presence and His power in everyday life. Come on, some of you need His help desperately. I know you do. I know that I do. So we talked a little bit about in week one the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. Week two, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said He's a person. And week three, we talked about the blessings of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. If you've missed any of those, you can get them from our podcast or you can visit Lakeshore Gastonia's Facebook page and the messages are there. Okay, new material today. James chapter 4. James is after Hebrews. It's towards the back of your Bible. And I just want to give you a little bit of a, a gracious, loving encouragement before we read. Part of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to lead us in truth and to gently and lovingly correct us when we get off track. Can somebody say, I need correction sometimes, right? All of us do. So the book of James is that. It's a, it's a letter written to Christians that have gotten off track. And so he's bringing some correction. His words are strong, but he's speaking with love from God. The truth is always spoken in love. So I'm going to read, and then I'm going to identify some things, and we're going to, we're going to talk about some things from this text. James 4, 4 through 10, this is what he says. Adulterers and adulteresses. He's talking about being unfaithful spiritually to God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? The word enmity means hostile or opposes God. He goes on and he says, Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Holy Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. The word yearns could be translated as an intense passion, an intense desire or craving. The Holy Spirit has a passion and a desire and a craving for you that is sometimes jealous for you. He doesn't want to share you with the world. He goes on and he says in verse 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. He's trying to help them to understand because of the way you're living right now, you shouldn't be so happy. You should have a genuine heart of sorrow for your life. He goes on and he says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up up. Can somebody say amen? The title of today's message is simply this, the passion of the Holy Spirit for you. The passion of the Holy Spirit for you. And here's a subtitle, Breaking Friendship with the World. See, the more we are connected to the Holy Spirit, the less we will be connected to the world. But the more we are connected to the world, the less we will be connected to the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we catch what James said here. 
It's something that should be obvious, but sometimes it's not. He said we can't be friends with both the world and with God. Now let me explain. Friendship with the world means going along with, living in, agreeing with, and loving the things that the world loves. And when it says the world, it's not talking about the earth. It's talking about a very real spiritual culture or atmosphere that lives in opposition to God, His ways, His values, His moral laws. It also could be defined as someone who has an affection for someone or something at the expense of their commitment to God. So I could be so in love with fishing that I say, I just want to be fishing all the time. And I'm not giving any of my priority to my relationship with God. So that's just kind of an idea of what he's talking about. The Christians have had this now affection, this love, this fondness for the world. But the problem is, according to Jesus, every follower of Jesus is not part of this world anymore. We're supposed to live differently. Now, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I just want to be clear, because I love you and God loves me, to just mention a couple of examples of what friendship with the world could look like. Okay, these are just examples. Here's some internal ones, okay? Uh, Harboring unforgiveness or bitterness or envy or jealousy, those are characteristics of people who don't walk with God. About some examples... If you're a Christian, dating someone who's not a Christian would be considered being friends with the world. Because you have a heart for God, and you're dating this person who doesn't have a heart for God, doesn't want to ever have a heart for God. Listen, leave it up to the Holy Spirit to win them to Jesus. You're not going to do it. They're going to suck you in and get you further and further down the pathway of the world. Here's another one. This is so hard for me to say, but I'm concerned. Because it's a trend. A Christian living with another person under the same roof, but they're not married. That's friendship with the world. Now, some of you might say, Pastor Robert, everybody's doing it. It's okay. That's for a different message a different day. I'm just giving some examples. This is in the Bible. It's not me, it's God. If you're mad at me, don't be mad at me. Just be mad at God. It's, he's writing this, not me. Here's another one. Um, any type of unrepentant lifestyle, we got deceived and pulled into the way of error, and we just are settled in with it now, and we really don't care. Well, we've become friends with the world. We've got this fondness of this thing or this person or this place. We know it's not godly, but we don't want to back off of it. But we just stay there. That's friendship with the world. Those are just examples. We can go through all kinds, but I think you get the point. I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm just saying God is talking to us about this because he loves us and the Holy Spirit is passionate for you. And he wants to do so much in and through you and on you. He doesn't want to share you with anybody else that's going to contaminate your walk with him. This is why he's talking about this. Romans 12.2 talks about it. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 
So we're supposed to change the way we think, and little by little, he transformed us. Let, us say, let me say this, by the way. Once you accept Jesus, you're already a new person. You're already forgiven. Amen. You're right before God. He loves you. He's going to help you. He's going to help me. And now as we begin to think the way God thinks, what happens little by little, that new right person begins to work his way out, and we become more and more like the person that God's made us to be. Come on, is anybody still under construction besides me? Right? Thank God for his grace. Somebody say thank God for verse 6. In James 4, 6. Let's look at it. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You remember what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved blessing. It's his help. He's with you. Kids, when, when you're bad and you don't take out the trash or you don't make up your bed or you don't do what mommy or daddy told you to do, they don't just kick you out of the family. Thank God for grace, right? They still love you. They still feed you. They still do your laundry. They still help you because you're in the family. That's grace. Even though you didn't deserve it, they still give it to you. That's grace. So the rest of our time, just a couple minutes, I want to give us three promises of restoration. If we find ourselves kind of mixed up in the ways of the world, these are promises that will restore us and get back on track with the Holy Spirit. Restoration promise number one. Here it is. The Holy Spirit will cause the enemy to flee from me. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit will cause the enemy to flee from me. Look at James 4, 7. He says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he, the devil, will flee from you. How many of you know you don't want the devil in your house and on your life? The word submit means to arrange or rank under. Hupotasso, to come under. This word is a Greek military term meaning to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. And in non-military use, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in. So I want to give in to God, His way. I want to submit my life to Him and His truth. And then He's going to help me to resist the devil, to stand against him, his deception, his alluring, his ways to try to get us off path. When we do that, God, through His Holy Spirit, will cause the devil to flee from me. See, if we will submit to God and resist the devil, the Holy Spirit will cause the enemy to flee. Amen. Isn't that good news? Restoration promise number two. The Holy Spirit will work with me to close the gap between me and God. See, you don't get kicked out of the family when you mess up. Thank God for that. But we just know there isn't this connection. There's this sense of a gap between me and God. And the Holy Spirit's going to work with us after we submit to God and resist the enemy. He's going to work with us to close the gap. Notice James 4.8. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. That's stuff we're doing on the outside. Purify your hearts. That's stuff we're allowing to happen on the inside. You double-minded. That's a divided allegiance to both God and the world. You really can't do both, right? Submission to God and repentance draws us closer to God, and the Holy Spirit moves in closer to the believer, and he closes the gap. I found another great video clip from The Chosen. It's kind of long, four or five minutes, so I just want to give you warning. But I just want you to know a little bit about it, because... 
what we're going to see here is we're going to see the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, close the gap between him and Mary. Mary Magdalene, the Bible tells us that she was under the influence of seven demons. And she had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus cast all the demons out of her life. She was saved and healed and restored. But something happened, and Mary got off track, and she went back to friendship with the world. And the scene we're going to see is her talking to Jesus and Jesus closing the gap. Let's watch it. I forgive you. Did you hear that? I forgive you. It's over. Did you see how the Holy Spirit closed the gap? You might say, Pastor Robert, I didn't see the Holy Spirit. That was Jesus. Remember, Jesus was baptized, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And everything he did from that moment forward, he did through the person and the power and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus said, I forgive you, it's over, it was the Holy Spirit speaking that through Jesus. Can you see the mercy and the love and the heart of the Father? The Holy Spirit is passionate for relationship with us. And because He loves us, He can get jealous if we become unfaithful spiritually and we're mixing with the world. That word jealously is a word that describes a husband who's just found out that another man's been pursuing his wife. And he takes it very, very personally. And he makes immediate decision to begin to start doing things to restore and recalculate and reverse whatever's going on. Why? Because he has a passionate, passionate love for his wife. All throughout the Bible, the Bible describes our relationship as one, as husband and wife. The church is the bride of Christ and God and Jesus are a husband. And so he doesn't want to share us with anything that would contaminate, that would deceive, that would manipulate, that would draw us away from our faithfulness to God. Why? Because he loves you and he wants the best for you. And he wants for the Spirit of God to flow in you and on you and through you so that you can experience this joy of this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. That leads us to our third and final promise for the morning. Here it is. The Holy Spirit will raise me back to the full measure of blessings and favor. Come on, say it with me, church. The Holy Spirit will raise me back to the full measure of blessings and favor. Look at James 4.10 again. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. What does humble mean? Humble means to come under what God says. To lower your opinion of yourself and your truth and your way under God's. Because His way is best. He knows best. He loves you and He wants for you to experience what He has for you. But He resists the prideful and He gives grace to the humble. And when we're humble, He promises to lift us up. The words He will lift up refers to a believer being brought back into the blessing 
of salvation. Now, this isn't in my notes, but I, I want to share it with you. You know, the book of James, and you can look at your study guide in the book of James a little more in detail at home. It's only five chapters. James was the brother of Jesus, and he wrote this to the church because he was concerned about their friendship with the world. And as I read the whole book, I got to the very, very last two verses of the book, James 5, 19 and 20. And these two verses really encapsulate the heart behind James and the reason why the Holy Spirit led him to write this letter. Listen to what he says. James 5, 19 and 20. Brethren, he's talking to Christians. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And when you study that out, you can see this is the reason James is writing this, what sounds to be harsh, but from the love of God because he cares for the church. And he says, if somebody in the church wanders away and gets off track, and somebody else who has a strong relationship goes after them and brings that erring sinner, calls him a sinner. A sinner is one who misses the mark of God's mark. Got off track. Doesn't mean you're not saved. It means you're led astray. And he says if that person brings him back, the one who's been led astray, listen to what it says. You will save that soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. What does that mean, you'll save that soul from death? Well, I read some commentaries and it has two basic meanings. One is there's a possibility because the error of the sinfulness of that believer, he could be wrapped up in stuff that could cause him bodily harm and premature death. Did you know sometimes people die before it was God's will for them to die? Because they got wrapped up in sin and it stole and it killed and it destroyed them and took them out. The enemy took them out. That's one explanation. The other one is you save a soul from death, meaning eternal death and separation from God because they'll repent and they'll come back and the Holy Spirit will close the gap and you'll be right with God again the way you should be. Pastor Robert, this is a, this is a pretty serious message. Well, I think any loving parent would do everything he could to warn, to encourage, to strengthen their children from harm. Right? Amen. You have a little son, and you say, hey, Johnny, you know, the Hossein family, good example, the Hossein family, Gavin, we don't talk like those people down the street. We don't do those things that those kids do. We don't live like them. We live for God. We have morals. We have values. We follow the truth. And we're not speaking negative and bad about that family, but those kids are just all over the place. They're cussing. They're fighting. They're doing things they shouldn't do. They're disobedient. Gavin, we don't do that because we serve God. See, any parent 
would want to protect their kids from being influenced from those kids and leading their kids astray. Can you see that truth? Father, we just thank you today. Come on, pray with me. We thank you today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you love us so much to speak the truth to us graciously. We realize we're not perfect and we're still under construction. But we open up our hearts to you fresh and anew. We ask that you would gently and lovingly correct us. Gently and lovingly. Get us back on track. If there's any area, if there's any friendship with the world, and we know it shouldn't be happening because it's harmful to us and our relationship with you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show that to us and that you would help us to pull back from that and redirect our attention to you. A relationship with you, Holy Spirit, is our priority. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.